<clears throat> I was looking at Revelation 13, 13, 3, 13, 3. And I looked at it because I've been studying and preaching on the second coming on Wednesday nights. And this jumped off the page at me. It says, And I saw one of the heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. And I thought, wow, that's a powerful statement. He gets wounded and mortally dies and comes back to life. It's, and then there's something that came off the page that's a little different. A mortal wound and a deadly wound was healed. Because there are wounds that we acquire in life. And there are wounds that are so severe they result in death because they're so traumatic that you don't recover. A mortal wound, that's what they're called. They received the mortal wound, which indicates they died. <clears throat> the story that Jesus tells us of the Good Samaritan reminds us there are people all around us sporting mortal wounds. And the one listener asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. These are pictures of most people today, wounded. Some wounds you see, some wounds are not physically observed. Everyone at some point in life will suffer hurt, suffer wounds, suffer disappointments, wounds that should have, could have, and will kill if they are not healed. Jesus said the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Remember, Satan does not fight fair. He will not give up until he's wounded you to death. And if you allow it, he will wound you. He will attack you with problem after problem, issue after issue, drama after drama. Satan's intent is to deliver to your life a mortal wound because he desires to wound you to death. So he'll strike you here and strike you there because you are God's highest expression of creation. You are a human being, man, woman. And that was the epitome of all that God did in creating. And to strike at humanity, Lucifer was striking right at the heart of God. And he strikes at humanity with deadly wounds. And if he cannot strike you, he'll strike your spouse. If he can't strike your spouse, he comes after your children. If he can't get to your children, he'll come after your business. He'll strike your finances, and he'll continue to fight, to kill, steal, and to destroy. Satan strives to wound people. And as you read the book of Job, you see how Satan operates. He wounded Job over and over and over. He attempted to wound him to the point of death. He wanted Job to curse God and die. That's the goal. Let me ask you the question. When was the last time you witnessed a real miracle with your eyes? Look to your left and right and realize you are looking at a church filled with miracles. <clears throat> Here are people who have been through problems, confronted and encountered grief, stared death in the face, have been through illnesses, lost a child, lost a house, lost a business. They've been wounded, hurt, devastated, but they're still here, still believing, still worshiping, still holding on. If you've been wounded and you're still here, thank the Lord. Amen. Thank God you're still here. 
Say, I've been wounded. I've been hurt. But I'm still here. I'm still believing. In 1 John it says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The wounds in life that Satan has sent, they come at you for one purpose, to destroy you, to inflict upon you a deadly wound, a wound that kills your soul, kills your worship, kills your joy, kills your dream, kills your marriage, and kills your family. Peter was warned by Jesus, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has, has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Satan desired to wound Peter with a deadly wound, but there was a remedy. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. He was saying, Peter, Satan will do everything he can to keep you from standing up on the day of Pentecost and preaching the gospel. So he's going to wound you. When you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Jesus said, when you're healed of that wound, go to your brothers and strengthen them. When you're healed of your deadly wound, heal of your deadly attack, it's going to open up an opportunity for you to help someone else. And prayer is the key in that story. It still makes a difference as it did for Peter. Jesus said, Peter, I am praying for you that the wound the enemy will strike you with does not destroy your faith. Healing will come to your life. Restoration will come to your life if you won't give up. And there's an enemy who desires the wounds of life to destroy you so you're neutralized forever. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Key words in that sentence, he. Our. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our, not himself, our iniquities. So Calvary, we are the body of Christ. Could it be that your wound, your attack, is not just about you? Could it be that you're going through hell today so that through your wounds, someone else can be healed tomorrow? Webster defines wounds as being an injury to the body, a damaging laceration, a breaking of the skin to underlying tissue. A wound is more than a surface cut. It goes deeper. It goes so deep, it touches the heart and the soul of a person. It gets down deep and, and creates an infection and potential for such damage that you die. My friend Dave Reaver birthed at Eagle Summit Ranches in Colorado, Texas, and in Oklahoma. And there, out of his wounds received in Vietnam, he ministers to the wounds of our current warriors. It's an amazing ministry. Because instead of his wounds destroying him, he's used them to minister to others who have been wounded. Yeah. Because of what we do on Memorial Day weekend every year, and we've helped so many of our local airmen, making sure that they get opportunities to be at Eagle Summit Ranch, get opportunities to be blessed and refreshed and helped and counseled and cared about. And because of the education God allowed me to have and the preparation for this kind of ministry, my ministry at Beale is now called Auxiliary Chaplain specifically warrior care. That's the assignment. Wow. Why? Because men and women are wounded in battle, and physically and inwardly, 
they find help, hope, and healing. So the goal of Eagle Summit Ranch and the continuum of that kind of ministry, quote, is reestablishing the hope and will of wounded warriors. And there are some wounded warriors in this room because we're in the fight of faith. There are some worshiping wounded warriors, wounded but still worshiping the Lord. And let's be honest, we all have injuries. We all have hurts and we have wounds and we have to find healing for our wounds. Without healing, you're held hostage to your hurts. And without healing, there's constant irritation and reminders of those hurtful experiences. Everyone in this room has been attacked by deadly wounds. And the adversary knows if I can wound them and they don't get healing for that wound, that that wound will become deadly. It will kill their spirit, kill their worship, kill their joy, kill their marriage, kill their family. And there are medical resources that describe what a chronic wound is. It's a wound that has not shown significant improvement for four weeks. And if you've had a wound for four weeks unhealed, and then it goes another four weeks, it's then classified as a non-healing wound. And if you're carrying around an emotional wound, something happened a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 or more years ago, you're now dealing with a non-healing wound. And in the passage in Revelation, the wound was located in the head, and he overcame the deadly wound, because that's where it all begins. Some here have been wounded by divorce, wounded by bankruptcy, wounded by job loss. Your wound was acquired by a pain of an unfaithful spouse. It's the untimely death of a child or a spouse or a parent. Your wound may be that you've seen your children once in a while, maybe every other weekend. Maybe you don't get to see your children at all because there's been such a fracture, such a wound. And the wound of your spouse that says, I don't love you. Your wound came by the betrayal of a close friend or a relative. Your wound may be an addiction, something that constantly you are failing in because you are addicted to. Maybe it's a substance. Maybe it's something you watch. Perhaps there's a child who's gone AWOL spiritually. Perhaps it came from physical or sexual abuse in your life. Wounds that seem like they can't be healed. They're deadly wounds. Now watch this. In Revelation 13, 3, when the wound was healed, all the people wondered and marveled. In verse 4, it says they worshiped. In verse 5, they were given a mouth to speak or they witnessed, spoke about it. In verse 7, they went to war. So after the healing, the overcoming of the wound, there is a progression. The wonder and marveling came back, followed by worship, followed by witnessing, then war. And see, That's what Satan wants to steal from the heart of every follower of Jesus. Calvary, you cannot wage a successful war without a strong witness. You can't have a strong witness without true worship going on in your life. And you'll never truly worship God without wonder and awe at the majesty of Almighty God. There's a danger you will never get to the place of warring against the enemy and defeating him. Because you've been neutralized by wounds. It's all connected to wounds going unhealed. When you have unhealed wounds, you begin to lose the wonder of God. You begin to lose the worship of God. You lose your witness of God. And then you can't fight spiritually 
and win a war that you're engaged in. You are no longer in the place of advantage because the enemy has planted a bitter root deep inside your heart and it's poisoned your spirit through that wound. And the reason there's no more wonder, you've acquired a deadly wound. Wounded people struggle to worship. Hurt people hurt people. Wounded people live in the past. And the Holy Spirit wants to reintroduce the wonder. The Holy Spirit wants to reintroduce the worship. Holy Spirit wants to reintroduce the witness. The Holy Spirit wants to reintroduce the power of doing war against your adversary. He wants to see the enemy defeated in our families. It's not God's will for that will, wound to kill you. It doesn't have to be a deadly wound because God can heal it. So it's not God's will for you to lose sleep. It's not for God's will for you to, for that wound to become infected so it destroys the joy in your life. We still need the wonder and we need the worship and we need the witness and we need the war against the adversary to reignite once again in our spirits. It will only happen when the wound has been healed. So how do you see your wounds healed? How does that happen? Look around and you see you're not the only warrior to be wounded. We've got a lot of warriors in here that have been wounded. Wow. And we're going to take care of some of our military wounded warriors. We're right on the cusp of having everything done at that, that Quonset hut. And everything in it that needs to be. This week, the local business donated the labor to install all the sound and audio in there. Someone donated the price of that building. And others that make sure it got painted and insulated and heat and cool and all that stuff because we care about the wounded. See? And you look around the room and you realize there's wounded people in this house. Someone just like you walked through just what you've experienced. They've already walked those steps and you're walking in the same steps they're in. They've been wounded. They were wounded, yet they're still victorious today. There are those who have experienced suicide in their families. Those who watch their spouse walk out on their families. The enemy loves to isolate those wounded so he can prevent their healing. He tells them, you've got deadly wounds. You're never going to get over them. There'll never be any joy or peace again in your life. There's no more hope for you in the future. And through the tears and pain of those wounds, listen, God brings a resurrection. And I'm here today with the gospel of Jesus Christ to tell you he was wounded for our transgressions. And by his stripes, we are healed. Do you believe there is healing after you've been wounded? We had a speaker here one Memorial Day weekend, a key player in the story called Black Hawk Down, Jeff Struker. And he was here speaking and telling us the story. Two of our Black Hawks were down by enemy fire in Somalia, and uh, we lost personnel. Hostile terrorists attempting and did kill some of our American soldiers who were there trying to help. Blood was everywhere. And he tells this story. He's a committed believer. And in that environment in Somalia, Black Hawk Down, Struker tells his sergeant to get in that Humvee and drive it. And the sergeant said, but I'm wounded. And Struker said to him, but we are all shot. We're all shot. 
get behind the wheel and drive. In Calvary, we have all been shot. We've all been wounded. We all have troubles. We've all got deadly wounds. You're not the only person to have ever been lied about. You're not the only person to have experienced the betrayal. You're not the only person who's been abandoned. The word of the Lord to you today is this. You cannot give up. Get behind the wheel and drive. Do not allow your wounds to become deadly or mortal. Say, I will not die in my dilemma. Because the wounds are not going to kill me. That's a statement of faith. And we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit to heal our wounds. And if you're ever going to get healed, you've got to quit feeling sorry for yourself. Step into the presence of the Lord. Jesus received deadly wounds at Calvary. Three days later, resurrection. And when he rose from the dead, people wondered. They were in awe. Then people worshipped. Then people began to witness. And then the war started for the souls of men. The deadly wound was healed, the church was birthed, and the world was changed. And that's why Satan attempts to keep you offended, hurt, wounded, angry, upset. Satan knows if he wounds you and you don't recover, it will be a deadly wound and kill you and neutralized. It will kill the joy in your life and family. And if you ever, he knows if you ever get healed of those deadly wounds, just like Jesus, lives will be altered because of the healing that's come to you, because you overcame your deadly wounds. So healing is a must. You look around and see those who have been wounded like you, and then you recognize healing is a must. The other option is not acceptable. You must overcome the wound. You have to get into the presence of the Holy Spirit until every hurt, every offense, all unforgiveness is bathed, cleansed, and washed by the blood of Jesus. And you walk out saying, with his help, I have lived through it. I've grown through it. And love has returned into my heart. And here's the promise through Isaiah. Moreover, the light of the moon will be as the light of the sun. And the light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days. In that day that the Lord binds up the bruise of his people and heals the stroke of their wound. When will this light break forth seven times brighter? When God binds up the bruise of his people and heals their wound. He promises that your night will become like day. And your day seven times brighter when you allow me to heal your wounds. Nighttime will become daytime in your family. And daytime seven times brighter. And I love the idea of seven because God promises when a thief has been found... He has to restore seven times. So whatever the enemy has stolen, when you allow God to heal your wounds, seven times the blessing comes back to you. Well, pastor, how do I know I've been healed? When you're reminded of that situation and you don't hate any longer, and you're not angry any longer, you are healed. Don't tell me God can't do that for you. The options are not good. Hear Jesus. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's not a good option. When you let it go, you will be let go. You might want to write that down. 
When you let it go, you will be let go. And it's important. He says, to those who allow me to heal their wounds, I'll give you daytime seven times brighter. Your nighttime will be like daytime. Jesus was healed of his deadly wounds, but he still carries the scars. The scars became a testimony of God's ability to heal. Jesus rose from the dead, healed of his deadly wounds, but the Father did not take the scars away. But we want complete restoration, so no one knows we ever had an issue. We want such restoration that no one knows that our perfect lives are not so perfect. We want everybody to think that we have the picture-perfect family, the picture-perfect marriage, the picture-perfect life. Because of my great faith, I've never faced a wound or a hurt. That's a lie the church needs to stop telling. Scars are a testimony of God's ability to heal deadly wounds. And scars means this is what I overcame. This is how bad it was, and this is how well God has healed me. I'm not ashamed of my scars. Jesus walked into the upper room to meet his disciples after the resurrection, and he says, some people need to see my scars, like, hey, Thomas, that might be you, because you weren't here the last time. He reminds us in Zechariah that the Jewish people will not believe until they say, what are these wounds between your arms? And then he, Jesus, will answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Then the Jews will get the revelation Jesus is the Messiah, the one crucified in his own house. But they won't believe until they see the scars. So I'm saying to you, quit covering up your scars. They serve to remind you of what you've been healed of. When we went up to Jalalabad, up by Tora Bora, at the FOB of special operators, where they go after the bad guys, the terrorists that go back and forth right there on the border of Pakistan and Afghanistan. We got off the Blackhawk, and our greeters and escorts came to greet us and get us into the safety of the building and said, well, if you'd been here an hour before, you'd endured a rocket attack with the rest of us. And we got in there, and here's Dave, scars and all. And you look at Dave, and you go, wow. <laughs> and those special operators from various branches of the military, they're geared up with every imaginable component you can think of, some of which I'd love to have. And they... <laughs> They're looking at Dave, and these are, these are tough, very disciplined warriors. And at first they look at him, then they start listening to him, then they realize if this guy could go through what he did and come out here to talk to us about inward scars, we're going to sit down and listen to what he has to say. Because they opened the door. Quit covering up your scars. Wear them as a badge of honor. The scar proves how bad it was at one point. And I faced my wounds. I've got scars to prove it. I've had family problems, discouragement, betrayal, been lied about, disrespected, ignored. People diss my family's ethnic background. So what did I do? I've looked at that devil and said, you see these scars? They are proof that you did your best with mortal wounds to destroy me to wipe me out, to take out my family, but no weapon formed against me could prosper because I serve a God who heals deadly wounds. So quit acting like you're perfect and quit being so prideful 
that you let no one ever know you've got some scars. Physicians say there are two things that are critical in order for wounds to heal. Let the wound be exposed to air so it remains dry during the healing. If you want your wound to heal, stop smothering it. Bleeding also helps clean the wound out of infection. So don't smother it up and let some blood flow. So every time you enter this house, rip off the Band-Aid and say, Thank you, Jesus, for the blood that cleanses me, transforms me, heals me, restores me. He's here by his blood to wash out bitterness, anger, hurt, disappointment, depression, hopelessness, fear, the spirit of suicide. Heal my wounds. Paul was preaching in the house church, and he's going long because he starts at sundown. He's still preaching at sunrise. I mean, people complain, you know, is he preaching long? No, I'm not preaching long. This guy preached long. The book of Acts 20. Because in the window sat a young man, certain young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep, and he was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. Now, the wound from the fall killed him, and his name was Eutychus. And let me hear, you know, you would have cussed too if you fell out of a third-story window. I mean, he fell out of the window and was wounded in church. True that, okay? And Paul went down, fell on him, embracing him, said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. He suffered a deadly wound. But hold on, there's opportunity for restoration. Even though it was tragic, three stories. Jesus is in the life. There's still life in you. There's still life in your call. Still life in your dream. Still life in God's purpose for you. And I don't care how the enemy has wounded you or with what he has wounded you. Abuses, betrayals, addictions, whatever. There's still life in you. The church's role is to put our arms around you and say, hey, don't be troubled. Don't give up. Don't allow this wound to become deadly. There's still life in you. So in Revelation 11, you see the seven years of great tribulation, and God sends two witnesses down from heaven. They come from heaven, Moses and Elijah. These are not people that you know now who think they're going to be one of the two witnesses. These two witnesses are Moses and Elijah. They stand in the streets of Jerusalem and they preach the gospel, but the forces of the Antichrist come and kill them. I'll give power to my witnesses and they'll prophesy 1,260 days and we'll make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city. So their bodies lie in the street for three and a half days while Fox and CNN cover the breaking news. Okay? An Antichrist and his troops are standing around mocking, saying, We wounded and killed Moses and Elijah. And right before their eyes, now after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood up on their feet. Okay. And Fox and CNN and MSNBC, who really needs this story, all of them will see the two witnesses raised up from their deadly wounds. And they will preach to the Jews who will be converted. And when they're raised up from their deadly wounds, there will be wonder. There will be worship. There'll be a witness for Jesus. And then that takes them right to war at the battle of Armageddon where Satan is finally defeated. So Job was afflicted by Satan with deadly wounds. His 10 children died in one day. Tragic. Disease attacked him in one day. His fortune was lost in one day. 
deadly wounds. And his wife wounds him more by saying to him, curse God and die. God so healed Job from his wounds that God gave him double. But I want you to see this. From the same wife who had abandoned him and walked away from him in his despair, God restored, healed the wound caused by his wife, and she gave him seven more sons and three more daughters. Listen, there's healing evidence when trust and intimacy come back. So Calvary Christian Center, stop playing games because you can't really worship and praise God over your wounds. You can't worship, you can't witness, you can't go to war. You will lose your faith if you allow wounds and offenses and hurts and cuts to take you to bitterness because you cannot worship truly in spirit and in truth when that stuff, poison, is in you. And I'm not denying that your wounds are real. You feel my, I can't take another blow. You're emotionally spent, wounded, hurt. You're ready to give up. This last two weeks, we've watched three families suffer the loss of loved ones. Sharice was on the platform today, having walked through the song she ministered, lived through it. She's lived that song, lived through it. Others are battling in this church serious illness and disease. I know wounds like that, losing loved ones, hurt. I know what those feel like. I know what those scars are like. I know some are hurting from childhood abuse, abandonment in your life. Now hear me, you won't find the answer self-medicating. Alcohol and drugs will not heal your wounds. You won't find the answer in the arms of yet still another lover. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus will heal all your wounds because he was wounded for our transgressions. When I stepped over the line, he was physically, outwardly wounded for my transgression. For every time we stood on the line and went over it, he suffered wounds for our transgressions. He was bruised which is a wound under the skin that causes bleeding. We call it a bruise. He was bruised for my iniquities, for those sins inwardly, those scars and hurts and pains inwardly, those things that I don't want him to deal with he needs to deal with because he was bruised for my iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes wounds we are healed you don't want to lose the wonder and the awe of God and the worship that comes out of our heart that's been cleansed or the witness that radiates from you naturally because God's done so much for you you can't help it but it shows and you don't want to stop warring for the souls of your families and your loved ones and there's healing in the house because 
There's a river of the Spirit flowing in this room today. And it heals everything it touches. For the prophet reveals the will of God in saying, For they will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river goes. Wow. So you need to turn to Jesus and say, I need to be healed of my wounds. Stand with me. Lift your hands to the only one who can heal your wounds. He's the only one that can. No one else can. No person can heal your wounds. Only he can heal your wounds. And just like Jesus showed those scars and wounds, Thomas. He knows what you feel. He knows what it's like to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to be denied. He knows what it's like to be lied about. He knows what it's like to lose friends. So why don't you in your transparency today, as it were, symbolically, if you could roll up a sleeve or you could open your shirt and say, Lord, there's a wound in here. I don't let anybody see it. But today, I need your blood to come and wash it. I need the breeze of your Holy Spirit to come and dry it. I need you to heal it. Let's do that right now because the Holy Spirit's here. Do it, everybody. There's nobody in here without wounds. You're not going to worship above them. You're not going to be a witness through them. You're not going to be able to help anybody else and go to war for them if you keep them. Give them to Jesus. Give them to Jesus right now. Say, it's my wounds. Let him forgive. Let him cleanse. Let him cover. Every, every hurt, every wound. Just ask the Holy Spirit right now. Just ask him. And he'll do it. He'll do it. You are healed by his wounds. Anybody want to walk out of here with a still unhealed 